Uh, so I always approach um, the topic of wives and husbands with a little caution, whether it be in Ephesians or anywhere else in Scripture. And the reason is not because God's Word is not clear, because God's Word is very clear on the role of a husband and on the role of a wife. So it's not the, it's not the biblical um, prescription God gives us that concerns me it is the misapplication of it um, that, that really concerns me. And so it gives kind of this um, misconception of what it really means to respect a husband or to love a wife. Um, and so um, I, I would say a couple things just in the way of introduction. I would say that God is not a misogynistic God. God doesn't have anything out uh, against women or trying to keep them in their place. Uh, so that, that would be my first warning is, uh, listen, women, God love you dearly. He treasures you just as much as any man. And the responsibility and roles he's given you are, are equal to, if not as, definitely as important, if not even more, uh, when we look at our children, uh, the responsibility God gives you within the family. And yet the husband is also given clear mandates in Scripture as to um, his role within the marriage relationship. And so, uh, again, it doesn't bother me what Scripture says about how a husband and wife should um, love one another and treat one another and work together to make it not only an effective and prosperous marriage, but one that's full of love and joy and peace and hope and just where love exudes from mom and dad down to the children's and just a, uh, to the children, just a beautiful picture of the love of God. God uses the marriage relationship, and I think it's important to, to note this. God uses the marriage relationship to demonstrate for the world what his relationship to the church is like. And so remember that, that marriage is the first ordained human relationship by God all the way back in Genesis when, uh, when God looks at Adam by himself and says it's not good for man to be alone. And so he creates for him a, a helper, a helpmate, uh, not a bond servant or a slave not somebody he is to rule over with a with an iron fist it's not that it's a beautiful partnership that God puts together and so when we look at the apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians he clearly lays out the different roles of a wife and a husband and listen here's all I would suggest is uh, none of us are perfect we've all been called to love one another we're part of one body, one faith, one, one hope, one baptism, one Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so marriage still maintains the mandates of what it means to be a Christian. So even just as a Christian, I've been commanded to love my wife. Uh, and even as a Christian, my wife has been commanded to love me simply uh, as part of our responsibility of being um, living up to the calling that we have in Christ Jesus. Yet the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Apostle Paul in Ephesians, is going to clearly lay out for us a prescription, um, a playbook, a handbook, whatever you might want to call it, uh, of how this relationship best works together. Remember that way back in Genesis, um, Adam and Eve get themselves into quite a mess when they eat of a tree that God's commanded them not to eat of. They've been tricked by Satan. And, and so Satan talked to the woman. The woman takes, remember the husband is right there, right beside her. So both of them have sinned equally. One, one didn't sin first. Eve takes the fruit to eat, but Adam 
It was his responsibility to protect his wife and to love his wife. And so he abstained from doing that when he stood by and just allowed Satan to deceive the both of them. And so they're both guilty, not one more than the other. But part of the curse that God said would fall upon man and woman because of their sin against God and now their knowledge of good and evil in their rebellion would be the struggle that we find in the marriage relationship. This is so true uh, all the way up into the present day and will be until the Lord glorifies us all when we see him face to face. Is marriage is a difficult relationship. It is the, it is the best relationship. It is the most rewarding relationship. But it is also a very difficult relationship because we have two individual people that have been mandated by God to come together in covenant with one another and covenant with God and to become one person. And that's very hard. And so I would just simply say this. Marriage is the one relationship that will most sanctify you as far as human relationships are concerned. My wife has definitely made me a better man, a better father, a better Christian, a better pastor. And I pray that I've helped my wife to become a better follower of Christ and a better mother simply by following what it is God's laid out, the clear roles of husbands and wives. So I need to kind of make sure you understand where the Apostle Paul's coming from, where we as churches come from. And so there's two views of um, husbands and wives and how they relate to one another, their roles within the, the household, their roles within the workplace. And so I just want to talk about two of those really quick and let you know kind of where we stand as a church and, and where we believe Scripture points us to as a church. So the first view is called egalitarian. And egalitarian is the view that both the husband and wife are equal before God. And this is true. Uh, in this point, I, I do not argue with my egalitarian brothers and sisters uh, over, over this point of uh, belief. We, we all believe that men and women are created equal before God. Um, God doesn't love one more than the other. He loves them both equally. And their stance before God, they're on level footing at the cross of Jesus Christ. But the egalitarian believes that they are equal before God and, and they are absolutely the same before God when it comes to their calling, when it comes to their roles. Uh, and so the egalitarian believes um, that after grace, after the Lord Jesus Christ comes, lives, died, is buried and uh, risen, uh, ascends to heaven, that now... They, they feel like that the husband and wife are both equal before God and can do the same thing, have the same functions, and play the same roles or, uh, within a marriage. Uh, complementarian, which is where I fall, and I want to um, lay this out clearly for you. Complementarian believes that a husband and wife are both equal before God, and yet God created us differently to serve one another differently and to serve God in different capacities. Uh, both of those have a very high view of the wife uh, and the husband uh, before God. The difference is, um, and, and I just want to say this right up front, what really causes problems for either egalitarians or complementarians is the misuse and the abuse of people who call themselves complementarians or egalitarians 
uh, but in truth, they're not living biblically by the roles God has laid out for them. And so, uh, so many times, complementarians like myself uh, will sometimes be labeled as, as those who do want to oppress women and things like that. That, that couldn't be further from the truth. The truth, in fact, um, my wife is the most important person to me on this side of eternity. And apart from my relationship with Christ and God, it's my wife. I want the very best for my wife. I want her to succeed at every single thing she does. I want to be her biggest cheerleader. There's nobody else on this side of eternity I want to succeed any more than I want my wife to succeed at. I want my wife to be happy. I want her life to be filled with joy. And I pray that she feels the same toward me, and I know that she does in the way that she, she loves me. Um, and so, um, I, I, but there are some out there who abuse the notion that uh, when Scripture says the husband is the head of the household, um, they abuse that. They, they think that means God has given the husband absolute authority in a home, and they're a dictator, so to speak, of their house. And the problem is they failed to read the requirement of what it means to be the head of your home or to rule over your home. They read that as somebody who rules over like a king or a dictator, where in fact, Scripture says that, that the husband is to rule over his home, but he's to love his wife the way Christ loved the church. When we look at that in a few minutes, you're going to see that that's a humble place to live. It brings you ultimately into the role of serving your wife and your family. And so what, what true complementarians believe is not that the husband wags his finger at his wife or puts her down or rules over with an iron fist. That's just not biblical. And any husband who does that is living outside the confines and the definitions of what the Word of God says the role of a husband is. And so I want to say that up front because I just know that in, a, um, in the format like we're on, where there's very little discussion and questions that can take place because I'm sitting in front of a, a camera presenting scripture to you and you're unable to ask me questions that people may try to put words in my mouth or, or turn my words around. And I want to make sure that I clearly define for you and let you know what it means to be a complementarian, which is where I stand, which it's where our church stands and the doctrine uh, where our church stands. But But I admit right up front that it's been abused over the the centuries have been abused in the present time and uh, and it does not give a husband a right for what anything he says goes and if the wife doesn't like it she can get over it that is not the view of a complementarian in fact it should not be the view of any christian and so i just want to put those things out there because i know that there are wives right now they're in relationships where they're facing different types of abuse, whether it be verbal abuse or physical abuse. And I just want to say that nowhere in Scripture is a wife called to, to live under that type of, um, of treatment and abuse from a husband. Uh, at the same time, there are husbands who face verbal abuse. And, and nowhere in Scripture can we justify either spouse abusing the other whether it be physically or verbally or emotionally. And so I just want to say right up front, this scripture doesn't, is not an invitation for husbands to rule over their wife with an iron fist. I just think it's important that we address that right up front uh, so that we can come before God's word uh, with a better understanding of where we're starting and what we're saying so that we're not trying to, um, to justify uh, different views. 
uh, and we're not arguing either. But we just clearly want to lay out that view. And so, so I want to lay those two views out for you. I, I believe that Ephesians 5, um, as Paul talks about now as the body of Christ, one body, and he begins to tell us how we are to to act and our roles within different relationships we have on the side of eternity. And he begins with the relationship of husbands and wives. Um, I want to make sure that you understand these two views that we see predominantly today. And those two predominant views are uh, egalitarianism, which means husband and wife are equal before God and exactly the same. And so anything that a husband can do, a wife can do, anything a wife can do, a husband can do, and so there's very little distinctions between the roles, although there may be forms of egalitarianism where they define specific roles within their belief system. Uh, where complementarians believe that a husband and a wife are equal before God, uh, God doesn't love one any more than the other. God doesn't hold one to a higher regard than the other. They are equal before God. They're equal before Christ, yet they've been given very distinct roles to play within the household and uh and so my view is just this that if god is the one who instituted marriage and then god gives us a prescription for how marriage should work this is the best way this is the biblical model that i see when i look at scripture of how marriages um, work in a way that's pleasing to god and so as I lay this out, I just want you to be um, to open your hearts and minds. And I, I just pray uh, that God would speak through me to you so that you would hear my heart, that you would hear the word of God and openly the Holy Spirit uh, would lead you to answers that maybe you're seeking for in your marriage, uh, in your home. And uh, I just pray that God would bless your home and your marriage as you strive to walk biblically for him let's pray and then we'll dig into ephesians chapter 5 verses 22 through 33 most gracious heavenly father we thank you again for the opportunity to be in your house lord we thank you so much that you've called us into this beautiful relationship called marriage and you've laid out for us uh, the roles for the husband and for the wife tonight would you help me to best explain and um, discuss what your word says about these roles for those who may be listening whether it be live or whether it be later on uh, lord would you give them understanding so that we might see how we can apply this to our life daily so that our homes can become a, a place where christ is honored and so, Lord, we know that, uh, that as parents, you've called us to raise our children in godly homes. And I pray that, Lord, we would have a desire as husbands and wives to love each other in such a way that our kids might see the love that Jesus Christ has for his church. Lord, we ask this in the precious, holy, beautiful, the powerful name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we're just going to dig in, and so we're looking at verse 22. Paul's going, uh, Paul's going to address first the wives, and then he's going to address the husbands. It's not a long passage, so we should have uh, plenty of time to kind of break this down to go through it for me to give you several examples that I believe uh, best help to paint a picture of what the Word of God is saying. And so in verse 22, this is the instruction uh, to Christian wives, remember this is written to the church in Ephesus, 
And so Paul writing gives these instructions to the wife. Already having said this, these instructions do not make the wife any less valuable to God than the husband. Verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Now make sure that you understand this distinction. It is not a blanket wife, your husband is your head. It is wife, your husband is the head of the home, the way Christ is the head of the church. Um, he is the savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are submit to their husbands in everything. Uh, underline the everything, not because I'm going to tell you every single thing your husband says you have to agree with, but because I want to make sure you understand what limits that everything. There is a limit to that everything. In verse 25, he shifts gears and talks to the husband. For the husband, there's a significantly a little bit longer instruction. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Now remember that Christ died for the church. And so what the husband is being called to is a, to serve his wife to such a degree that he would be willing to lay his life down for his wife in the same manner that Christ laid his life down for the church. Verse 26 says, to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound. That's something that is an understatement. You want to underline that in your scripture. This mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. And so the, the husband and wife paint a picture of Christ's re, um, It's a reflection of his relationship to the Christian body, to the universal body of Christ, to all those who are in Christ. Then every marriage relationship are like many pictures of what Christ did for the church in the manner in which Christ loved the church if a husband loves his wife in that manner. 32, this mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Verse 33, to sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. So I want to just begin to dig into what this says. So ultimately, I think one of the problems that many people have um, at the beginning of this is the subjugation or what the scripture says wife submit to your husbands as the Lord because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. I want to make sure that you understand that the subjugation what, what Paul is saying is this is a voluntary action where you as a Christian wife look at God's plan for marriage and understand that what God's called you to spiritually is to 
uh, hold your husband up, respect him as the one who has to ultimately answer to God for the decisions made in your household. So I want you to make sure you see this as a responsibility that God has placed on the husband. And therefore, in order for the husband to be able to answer for his responsibility, then it requires the wife to voluntarily act as Christ has commissioned. This is really a high calling. So God is calling wives to submit themselves to their husband because the, the husband is going to ultimately have to answer to God to Christ for the way he treats his wife and his family. And so at the end of this passage, it's why Christ tells the husband, husband, you love your wife. Wife, respect your husband. In this sense, there ought to be this holy respect for a husband who is genuinely trying to lead his family in a Christian manner according to God's word, submitting himself to serving his wife and his children as Christ has submitted himself to the church, laid his life down. And so in order for the husband to be able to answer for the family, then there needs to be a wife who voluntarily recognizes what his call is in God to his family. And so part of this husband... Um, Love your wife as Christ loved the church. You be the one who ultimately is going to make these decisions because you're going to answer for these decisions in order for the husband to be able to stand before God and give an answer to the way he... Now what Paul says is he's, he sanctifies or saves or washes his wife clean with the word of God. So it's this notion, husbands, you are to minister to your wives and you are to minister to your families and it's your responsibility to see that your wife is growing not only in her love for God, not only in her calling of God, but that she is excelling in what it is God has gifted her and talented her and equipped her to do for the body of Christ. And so this is not an oppressive view of a woman to her husband. This is, this is a compliment where, where the wife understands that if my husband is going to answer to God for this, then I need to submit in this area so that he answers for the role God's called him to. Wives, what are you going to answer for? You're going to answer for whether or not you allowed your husband to uh, lead in the area that God's called him to. Then the husband will answer for how effectively he led in that area. Was his wife growing in the Lord? Was his wife getting closer to the Lord? Did he have his family in a house of worship? Did he take his family to church? Did the wife submit? Listen, it, when it says that the wife is to submit to her husband in everything, it does not mean you have to agree with your husband on everything. In fact, nowhere does it say that. I want to make sure that you understand that you're subject to your husband because this is God's design it shows a picture. Remember this. This is a picture of how Christ relates to his church. And in this particular example, in the marriage relationship, which is the only human relationship that reflects the relationship Christ has for his bride, for his church, this most important call, because all of us who are saved enter into this relationship with Christ where we become a part of the bride of Christ and we are to submit to him, then the, the one human relationship that paints a picture of that is the marriage relationship. And this is a beautiful and a high calling. 
It is a very high calling to be a husband and for God to say to husbands, you are to love your wife the way Christ loved the church. You are to sanctify your wife, uh, disciple your wife, have your family in church, have your family in the word of God. And, and if the husband doesn't do that, he is held accountable to God for not doing those things. The wife then is to submit to the husband to demonstrate and to show a very visible picture of what the church is to do in their relationship with Christ. We are to submit to the headship of Christ. And this is a, a voluntary thing that we do. When we've been called out of uh, the sin and out of darkness, and we've been called into the glorious light of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been called into one body, and now to submit ourselves to Christ is an honor. It's the one who loved me so much that, that he would come and die on a cross for me. It is so easy for me to submit to his headship of him being the head of the church and him being the, the head of me because of the love that he's lavished upon me. In the same manner, uh, husbands, you need to make it that easy for your wife to enter into this covenant relationship with God and you where you have loved your wife to such a degree that she senses that you would give up everything for her. And when you love your wife that way, then for the wife, it is so easy to submit to that type of love and service that your husband is pouring out upon you. And I would say then just the, the, the vice, um, I, I guess just the opposite of that is this, um, that wife... When you are willing to submit yourself and allow your husband to lead your family spiritually, then it becomes a hundred times easier for your husband to become the man God's called him to be in your household. And so if each of us, if the husband would come together and the wife would come together, understanding that these roles are not to, uh, to cause hardship in our life. God's not trying to hold anything back from wives or from husbands. God who created the marriage relationship, it's God that we go into covenant with. We go into covenant with one another as husbands and wife, and we go together into covenant with God. That just means we are agreeing with God. We are, we are signing a contract with God when we get married that we understand that marriage is his plan. It's his idea, and we need to uh, try to model our marriage by the prescription God has laid out for us in his word. Now listen, he, he tells Adam and Eve after the fall of man and after the sinfulness of mankind, he, he, he basically says this, boy, this is going to be a struggle now because the husband and wife are going to seek after the, the headship in their families. And this is what Satan is going to try to do. This is where Satan is going to try to attack the families if he can. Are there some families where the husband, quite honestly, just isn't willing or isn't doing his part to lead his family? And the answer to that is absolutely. There are some husbands who, quite honestly, need to get their act together, get off off their backside and do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. To live in such a manner that he is living worthy of the calling that God's called him to. As Ephesians 4 says that he loves his wife to the same extent that God loves the church. And a husband who doesn't do that is not a biblical husband. A wife then, in return, is to submit to the leadership that God has placed on the husband. It becomes a responsibility of the husband and not a position 
of um, superiority. And so when God places the relationship or, or the responsibility on the husband that he is accountable to see that his wife is growing in the Lord to sanctify his bride the way that Christ sanctifies the church to protect his wife the way that Christ protected the church to lay his life down for his wife if that's what it comes to then you understand that God calling a husband to that the only way that he can walk in that responsibility and to to take care of his wife is that the wife is willing to allow the husband to lead in those areas in the same way I know that my wife and I've talked about this before and and early in our marriage I, I wasn't living up to what it what it, God had called us to do I, I wasn't particularly doing a great job at at seeing my wife being discipled to see her grow in her walk with Christ to to nurture her in such a way that she's growing into the woman God designed her and created her to be and to the ministry that God had called and created her to be a part of and um and in those times when when I was not really leading the way I should uh we've had some honest conversation and those areas it is hard to submit to someone who isn't leading as they've been called to lead but but as we've taught in those areas where I stepped up, where I got up and started living the way I was supposed to and, and accepted my responsibility as a husband from God to be responsible for my wife and my family's discipleship and growing in Christ, when I began to be the husband that God called me to be, it was so much easier for my wife to be the wife God called her to be. But can you imagine how beautiful the relationship is between a husband and a wife when both are living to the very fullest, the very um, best that they can to live in the role that God's called them to live. God doesn't call us to these things to make us miserable. He calls us to these roles because in them we find the highest purpose, the highest calling, and the most joy. In these, this is a prescription for how two individuals can become one. And that's what marriage is. The, the, the calling of marriage is for two individuals to come together and now become one person. And the only way that happens is when men and women are following the guidelines and, and the commands of God when it comes to the distinctive roles that the husband and the wife plays. Now I just want, I want to turn real quick to Philippians. One of the Christological passages, Philippians 2, because... It's clear that what God has said is that the husband is to love his wife the way that Christ loved the church. Now, these Christological passages, there's four big ones that typically I've, I consider are four big ones. All through Scripture, we see pictures of who Christ is, but there are four that are really big. We see Philippians 2 and then um, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1, uh, the Gospel of John 1. Uh, there lays out a picture of this Christological view of who, who Jesus is and what Jesus is like. And in Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writing to the Philippians describes what the mind of Christ is like, what Christ did for you and me, what he did for the church, which is exactly what God says the husband is supposed to do for his wife. So in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 it says, Adopt the same attitude. As that of Christ Jesus. Husbands, this is what you've been called to do. To love your wife in this way. 
who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he, Christ, emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, and when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to the death on a cross. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ did for the church. This is the way Christ loved the church. That he did not count being equal, being in the same form and fashion, being the same essence with God in heaven. He did not count that as something to hold on to, but was willing to come and to take on the form of a man. He was willing to humble himself to the point that he would take on the form of man. And not just take on the form of man, but he would be willing to go all the way to Calvary's cross and die death of crucifixion. Why? So that the bride of Christ, so that we, the church, might be sanctified, that the, the penalty for our sin could be paid for. And so ultimately what God called Christ to do was to stand in our place, to, to take our place and to take our suffering and to take our pain and to take the wrath that should have been poured out on us. And, and, and Christ took all the wrath of God for our sins on the cross of Calvary. In the same way, husbands have been called to humble themselves to the point that they're willing to do the exact same thing for their wives. So can you imagine this? A husband who understands what my role is, is to humble myself before my wife. To, to see what needs she has. To, to see how I can help bring her along in her relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. To help her to develop into the godly woman that, that Christ has called her to be. To find where she's passionate and help her to serve in that fashion. To, to, to be her helpmate. To stand by her side as she pursues the thing that God puts on her hearts. And the, the goals that God gives her in the ministry of the kingdom here on earth. Husbands, we're to stand by our wives in all these things. We're to love our wives in all these things. We're to sacrifice for our wives in all these things. Husbands, we have been called to literally lay our life down for the good of our wife so that she might be saved just the same way that Christ laid his life down for the church. This is not a picture of a husband who is domineering. This is not a picture of a husband who verbally or physically abuses their wife. That's just cowardice. If you verbally abuse or physically abuse your wife and you call yourself a Christian, you are a lying coward. This is not what Scripture has called us to do. Scripture has called us to lay our life down for our wife, to humble ourselves, to, to take on hurt if we can prevent our wife from experiencing hurt, if we can stand in her place so that she doesn't have to experience hurt, then that's what we've been called to do as husbands. And just from talking with my wife over the years about our own relationship, she's made it very clear to me that when I'm the husband God's called me to be, when I'm concerned with leading and loving my family in Christ Jesus, not that my wife always agrees with me. There are, there are things that we disagree on. There are conversations we have to have that are hard conversations because even though we've prayed about things, we still sense two different things. And, and here's the thing. My wife is willing at that point, 
after we've prayed about things and after we've sought God about things because he is my head, right? So Christ is the head of the husband, the husband's the head of the wife. These are voluntarily submitting ourselves in covenant relationship. And, uh, and my wife, if we get to that point, then my wife does exactly what Scripture would say where my wife then says to me, you need to pray about this and you need to make a decision for our family since we can't come to agreement. But, but I want to make it very clear that our goal is to come to agreement. Like When my wife and I have a decision to make, we need to try to come to agreement. We need to seek God for that. As the husband who submits to Christ... I have to go before Christ and seek what is it that you're saying is best for our family? What is it that you're, that you're calling our family to do? Where is it that you want our family to go? Where do you have ministry for our family? And then to follow the leadership of Christ. And if there are times where my wife and I can't come to agreement, then what we have agreed upon is that what we feel, what the husband feels God has clearly said, that she's willing to voluntarily allow me to make that decision, but not based on my own just, I hope I get this right, based on my submission to God, my submission before Christ. In doing so, my wife is respecting me and loving me and honoring God. Not always easy, but it is the biblical prescription for how husbands and wives should communicate to one another. And so I, I want to make sure that you understand that being a wife is such a high calling. I, I would just say this, uh, echoing the words of many, many influential pastors over the centuries. I'm not sure that there's any one person who has more influence over our children than their mother. So you want to leave an impression on your children, mom. Love their father. Respect their father. Allow them to see what it looks like to be a part of the body of Christ, submitting ourselves to Jesus. Let our homes be a picture of what it looks like to be a part of the body of Christ in relation with our Savior, Jesus. Husbands, you really want to leave a legacy for your children. Love their mom. Let our children see that there is nothing we would not do to protect, to love, to stand in the gap, to take the place of our wives whenever we can can do that in a way that brings glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. See, as a husband, when I take on the role of being the, the head of my household seriously, I'm submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that if, if I am um, obedient in my call, that it doesn't bring me glory. It doesn't give me glory as a husband. It doesn't give me power as a husband. It doesn't give me the right to... To, uh, to rule my house with an iron fist. But what it does is it brings glory and honor to Christ. In the same way, when wives are willing to submit themselves. Why? Because this is God's plan for marriage. He created it. He instituted it. He knows how it's best lived out. When a wife is willing to respect her husband 
uh, enough to let him lead, which is what God's called him to, then in that moment, in those times, we're leaving a legacy to our children of what it looks like to walk in relationship with Christ. Scripture continues on and says, for this reason, in verse 31, you know, um, or just reminded, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother, be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. The truth is, husbands and wives, we're on the same team. We're not competing against one another. And Satan would lie to us if he could. Satan would plant seeds of doubt in our hearts and our minds to make it appear as though um, to submit to the husband is demeaning. He'll paint a picture of the husband as submitting to Christ shows weakness. When in fact, if we really want to show strength, if we really want to show courage, then what we do is we accept the responsibilities and we accept the roles that God's called us to as Christian husbands and wives. We're not going to be perfect in these areas. But it's important as a husband to let my wife know that she is loved, she is treasured, she is honored. That I understand the high calling she has to be the mother of children and the wife of a husband who's not perfect. To understand that we really are striving for the same goals. To glorify God with our marriage and our family. To live a life that best provides for our children and one another. And ultimately we won't see, we want people to see Christ in our marriage. That, that's our desire. Those, those aren't too lofty of goals. What I mean, that, those things are within our reach. Um, this is possible. And Scripture makes it pretty clear. And, and as plain as Scripture is, I understand that there are relationships. There may be people who are listening to this right now who are struggling with abuse. There are people who are going through divorces. Um, I know that this isn't just a cut and dry, black and white. Every situation is going to be fixed immediately by this. In fact, uh, my advice to, to any person who is in a physically abusive relationship is to protect yourself and your children. And until that's resolved, that you should not put yourself in harm's way or your kids. Um, and, and I appreciate ministries that are based around helping families do that. My prayer is that fathers and husbands will stand up and be the men that God's called them to be. That we will understand that the responsibility God's given us um, as the head of our household is something we're going to answer for one day. So we're going to stand before the very throne of God and we're going to answer for how we treated our wives, um, how we loved our wives and how we provided for our children, how we bore the image of God or maybe 
how we distorted the image of God by not living the way he's called us to live and loving the way he's called us to love. And for a wife, one day you're going to stand before God and you're going to have to give an account um, for how you respected your husband and how you encouraged him in the call that God placed in his life to lead his family. And so understand that these positions and these roles are different, but both of them are equally important before God. It requires both of those things taking place for families to function the way God's called us to. There's some argument sometimes, or, or I've had people ask the question, but, but what if the wife has a, has a better job? Or what if the wife is a better natural leader? Or what if the, what if the wife is, um, has more knowledge? I heard a great example to this, and, and I'll share it as we're getting pretty close to closing. Um, the example that I heard was that of a, um, a semi-tractor-trailer truck and a small car. And both of them are riding along the road, and they are coming to a lane that, uh, where they're going to have to merge into the intersection. Now, what should guide their routes they take and, and who yields to the other, who submits to the other, is the laws that govern the highway, the, the transportation. And so if the smaller car has the right of way, then the smaller car has to be able to stay in its function, in its role, in its path, and to proceed first. The semi-truck can't just assume authority over the smaller car because it's bigger or better or stronger. No, the, the, the way that we all get home safely is when we follow the rules that have been laid out, the, the law that's been, that mandates how we drive. In the same way, God has given us a law and a mandate and a command as to how we function in a thriving marriage. I want to make sure you hear that. I'm not talking about this is the way you just get by as a husband and wife. I'm saying this is the way you thrive as a husband and wife. This is the way your marriage becomes all that it can be and should be and God desires it to be. I'm not giving you any instruction that would cause any pain. The, the instruction I'm giving you is the instruction that God has given us for how your family can be a Christian family that people look to and recognize you, honor God by the way you live it is the home that's most suitable that our children come to know Christ in. That our children learn what it means to walk as Christians in. And so in this high calling, listen, uh, I'm not saying that it's simple and easy. We know all the way back from Genesis, this is going to be a struggle for husbands and wives. This is part of the prideful, sinful decisions we make as people. It, it requires work, humility, Love and respect for one another. What does it require of a husband to lay his life down for his wife? To stand in a position to take any punishment she might receive upon himself. To make sure that his wife is saved and protected. To disciple his wife. It requires a husband who genuinely and truly loves his wife. It's why uh, Paul writing to the Ephesians in 33 sums it up and says this. 
Love your wife as you love yourself. This is the only way you can lead your family in the role God's called you to as a husband is when you love your wife as yourself, when you love your wife even more than your own safety and more than your own privilege. Wife, how can you live in a relationship with your husband in such a way that you're fulfilling the call, the role that God's placed on you? The only way you can do that is if you respect your husband. And so this is a beautiful way that we can pray. So as a husband, I need to be praying constantly, God, help me to love my wife the way that you love the church. Help me to be willing to step in your place if the situations were reversed and it was my wife that was on trial, if it was the, the, the safety of my wife that was at hand. Help me to love my wife enough to step right in her place and take the punishment for her. And for the wife, what a beautiful prayer to pray. God, help me to respect my husband and the role you've given him to lead. And husbands and wife, when we work together, when, when we try to follow God's clear prescription for how marriage should work and the roles of a husband and a wife, it's not until we do that that we're going to experience the marriage that God's designed for us. That we're going to get to experience the true joy there is no relationship on this earth apart from our relationship with Christ, but there's no human relationship that can bring as much joy to your heart as that of the marriage relationship. It's why spiritually to be a part of the church is so great because we are the bride of Christ. We are part of a marriage relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Wife, to pray, God, just help me respect my husband. Sometimes we may have to pray for our spouse if they're not living up to their part, not in condemnation, but in sincerity, to pray that our husbands would lead in a godly manner, in a godly fashion in our homes, to pray that our wives would respect our husbands, understanding they're not considered by God to be any less equal, that their call of God is no less valuable, that the role they play is just a higher role as that which you've called to the husband. And when we can finally understand that we're on the same team, that we're on the same side, that we're striving for the same thing, and that is in a world where everything is pulling at our marriages to try to pull them apart. If we want to see our marriages thrive, we have to do it by the book. We have to do it by the word of God. And we have to be humble. It's tough to submit to someone. And it's tough to say, I'd be willing to lay my life down for someone. It takes the humility of Christ. It takes loving your spouse with the love of Jesus. You know, God's called us to love him with all our heart, our soul, with all our mind. And so, so many Christians are trying to love God and then with whatever love they have left over to love their wife, their husband, their children, um, their family. But instead, what we've been called to do is to give all of our love to God. And when we, give, when we empty ourselves and give everything we are to God, 
this unique thing happens, and that is we, be, we become filled with the very love of Christ. And so when I give all my love to God, it's only then that I can truly love my wife with the love of Christ. Wives, when you give all of your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, when God has all of your affections, not some, but all of your affections, then you become filled with the love of Christ and you can love your husband with the love of Christ, your children with the love of Christ. I can't love my wife the way she deserves to be loved until I've first given all my love to God. I can't love her the way she deserves to be loved until then. And vice versa. And so I challenge you tonight to do some self-inventory. What, what, what good is it if we just read the Scripture or examine the Scripture and talk about what the Scripture says if we don't try to apply it to our lives? And so my, my application would be simple. First, begin to pray these things for your spouse and for yourself. Pray for the roles that God's called you to in your marriage. And if you have a husband who quite frankly, isn't leading your family spiritually, then that ought to be uh, one of the main thrusts to your prayer life is to begin to pray that God would get a hold of him and to bring him into right relationship with Christ so that he can be the leader God's called him to be in your home. And maybe you're in a home where the wife finds it almost impossible to respect and submit to the leadership of the husband then I encourage you, lift your spouse up, not in condemnation, but in love and desire for reconciliation. Just remember there's more at stake than how I feel or you feel. We're talking about leaving a legacy for our children, and we're talking about reflecting the image of Christ and the relationship of Christ to the church. It's a great honor to be a father and a husband. And I pray that uh, God will equip me each and every day to be better at that. And I pray the same for each of you, wives the same way. I pray that God equip you to be able to be humble and to respect your husband, knowing that he's the one who's going to have to answer for how he led. Remember that Adam was condemned because God had told him, God had already given this mandate to Adam. And Adam failed to protect his wife, to step in, to, to lead his family. And because of that, we deal with the consequences of sin every day. And so there are certainly consequences when we don't live in our homes the way God's called us to. And so the end of chapter 5 in Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church writing to Christians and saying, husbands and wives, this is what God desires of you. And so my prayer is that as husbands and wife, we would put it to good use. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word. Now we pray your Holy Spirit make your word real in our hearts and our minds. Help us to live it out. Help us to understand that God loves every one of us equally. He doesn't hold husbands or wives on a higher pedestal. And yet he's called us to different functions within the family. And our children desperately need both godly mothers and godly fathers. Lord, we have husbands and wives who are quite honestly miserable in their homes. But Lord, you can turn those relationships around. You can reconcile them to one another.
You can help them to begin to live their roles out as prescribed in the Scripture. And Lord, they'll begin to see joy and peace and hope instead of misery. I pray this for our families. Lord, may our families honor you and bring glory to you. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.